So if you take one thing from this conversation, I would encourage you to feel really empowered because you can change things around right now. You can take one step towards what it is that you do want. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. And welcome to season four of the Digital Marketing Masters podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my guest is Holly Jean Jackson. How are you, Holly? I'm great. How are you? I am super fantastic today. It's only about minus 20 outside. So Er. it's uh, it's warming up. (laughs) That's cool. It actually we had a light dusting of snow last night. So, you know, little little chilly. Oh, well, that's nice for North Carolina. Yeah. Southern Nova Scotia has been having some freak storms for a few weeks here. And uh, but I'm I'm excited now. I just got a generator. So if the power goes out again, I can still have Internet. We have Starlink. So it's going to be great. But let me read your bio. So, and I say read, but I'm totally doing it for memory because we've talked enough times. Uh, Holly Jean Jackson is a holistic business coach. She helps practitioners and coaches take their business to the next level. And you are also an author and a speaker. And you are an author because your debut book just came out, Inspiration Contagion, which is why we're here today because we're interviewing 50 business and marketing book authors in 2022. So, Holly... My first question for you is, what is Inspiration Contagion about? Yeah, so the subtitle for the book is Health Secrets for Raving Success. So the book is about igniting your own inspiration, borrowing from the inspiration of others, and then it provides a trail map for success, building that solid health foundation or amplifying your health to that next level so that ultimately you can live your dream life, whether that's in your own business, up-leveling your career, whatever that means for you. But until you get your health right, you won't have the clarity on exactly what it is that you want to do next with your life. So this gives you that trail map to get there. Nice. And when this is released, your book will have been out for about four weeks, but it only came out this week here. And I had a advanced reader copy. Thank you very much for that, by the way. And so I've already read the book. And man, like I was telling you, like, I don't want to say that I was surprised at how good it was because I, you know, I know you, I know you know your stuff, but I was, you know, really surprised at how relevant that it was. When you see a book about health that's written generally by a man or a woman, you kind of assume that it's for men for men and women for women kind of thing. And uh, that was a terrible assumption because it was, it was very relevant. And I think my favorite part of the book were the stories that you were telling in it about kind of how you overcame some struggles and the stories of some of those struggles. There's a very good one about hiking in there. Do you want to expand a little bit on that story? Because I don't want to give away the end for the book, but... Yeah, well, you know, spoiler alert, if you want to read the book and not hear the story, hit pause and come back, read the book. (laughs) Basically, I was going through kind of a storm in my life and just finished a divorce and really was trying to own my part of it, which was codependency. And I was doing a step study and I was really hung up on the spiritual inventory part of the step study. So I decided because for me personally, when I get stuck, I need to be in nature and to be alone. 
and, and have quiet and peace to get unstuck. That's just part of my DNA and how I recover. So I decided to go backpacking alone. And mind you, I had never been backpacking alone. I'd been backpacking and trained other people in groups, but never done one alone. And honestly, my biggest fear was more about being alone in the woods, facing my own mental chatter, like having those anxious thoughts of you hear a sound and you're like, oh my God, what is that? (laughs) Which I mean, is a real thing. And if you really want to face yourself, I challenge you to backpack alone in the woods. But ultimately, I ended up facing something much scarier and larger than that. So on the second day of my trip, I went further into the woods and had run across a bear previously and some other hikers that had some struggles with this bear. And it was a really, really thick, lush wood. And I turned the next corner and sure enough, wrong place, wrong time. There was mama bear. She immediately began charging at me. And at this point, I had already done all my reflection in my journal. So it's kind of interesting, my thought process as time kind of stood still. That, oh, great, I'm in a good place to die right now because I've forgiven people. I'm at peace. So all these thoughts, these really interesting thoughts go through my head in probably less than a split second. And then I'm like, well, wait, I didn't come out here to be bear food. So ultimately, I ended up charging this bear, right? I took a step forward, made every sound that I could, and it probably sounded very primal. If you were actually listening to this, you probably thought two bears were fighting in the woods. Ultimately, I charged her twice, and the second time worked, and it was such a relief. So when I'm doing um, talks or speeches or trying to motivate people, I like to share this story because... For me personally, it reminded me that there is no fear too big for us to charge head on. So perhaps your bear today is taking that next step to build your business. Perhaps your bear is leaving an emotionally abusive relationship. But whatever it is, you can charge it head on and you should because there's so much more freedom and clarity on the other side. Nice. Yeah. I used to live in southeastern British Columbia when I was a kid. And we ran into bears like all the time, which is an odd thing for most people in the world, right? Just by you get a lot of education around, you know, what to do and it depends what type of bear it is and all this kind of stuff. But like, I assume that you don't have a whole lot of, of meeting bear education, you know, in high, probably a little bit, but nowadays people carry bear spray all the time. I, so it's ironic. I actually had three people say, bring bear spray with you on this hike. And I actually have run into bears, but this, it's not normal for a bear to charge you. Like this is very abnormal. And you learn bear education and awareness when you go backpacking, even in groups. And so generally you want to be loud. You want to make sure you use bear cans. If you're in bear country, you want to not eat near your camp. So like I was doing all those things. I just didn't bring bear spray because I didn't feel like spending $50 on bear spray and carrying a big canister. Well, you can also use pepper spray. Yeah. And so I didn't do that because I was like, well, what are the odds that I'm going to have problems with the bear? Well, they were apparently pretty high. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So anyways, I'd get more into it, but we're not a hiking show. (laughs) But one thing about kind of the campfire sitting around chatting with people, like you mentioned that you met some other hikers and stuff when you're out. There is kind of that thread running through the book about kind of sitting around the campfire, sharing knowledge and that kind of thing. And the book itself almost seems 
like it has that feel to it. Like the way that it's written, the storytelling that's in it feels like you're sitting around the campfire with someone, right? And it has that campfire photo on the cover too, um, or the illustration. So I think it has that intimacy of sitting around the fire with a group of people chatting is something that people, most people nowadays, honestly, don't have ever, right? I mean, especially if you live in a large city in the United States, there's not a whole lot of campfires going on, right? But also just the the missing part of communication where it's face-to-face and having conversations with people, digital communications like video chat, like we're on now, it's close, but it's, it's not quite the same, right? And there's a lot of stuff that's missing, especially kind of the ambiance of the campfire burning and crackling and you can hear the wind and, you know, birds and animals and things and and the smell of the campfire smoke and that kind of stuff. It's just quite not quite the same effect. Right. But in any kind of communication that's that's personal, I think there's a lot missing since modern events. Right. People have been locked in their houses a lot more than often and not going out. You know, there are, there's a lot of problems with that communication. So I also wanted to touch on parts of the book where you're giving people strategies, right? And they, they're not really coping strategies, right? These are like strategies you can do to try and cure problems or fix problems. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Because I thought those were, I mean, super helpful. Yeah, well, first of all, going back to the whole campfire theme, first of all, I'm I'm so grateful that that came through and it felt really intimate and like we were, you know, sharing a cup of cocoa next to the fire. That was the goal. But when I reflected on all of the most key moments of me having epiphanies or healing or making great momentum forward, it was always with people that cared about me or in conversation in a circle, you know, celebrate recovery is one of the stories in there. And I am in a circle with other people who are struggling. So the whole point is, is that no matter what you're facing today, we all have our bears, whether they're small or they're huge, or if they feel insurmountable. And that's why having these really intimate, vulnerable, real conversations is so powerful because that's where healing happens. When you don't feel alone, when you know that you're not the only person facing a challenge and that there are people that are there, even if they don't know you very well, they want you to succeed. They're there to help you grow and get to that next level. So there's no real healing without being vulnerable. Like that's just the reality. And that's why I share stories and by my example, so that hopefully people can see bits and pieces of themselves in that and realize I'm just as human as you are. And ironically enough, since the book has gone live, I have so many people quoting my own book to me, (laughs) reminding me, (laughs) Hey, use your own tools. And, and it's so true. You know, I've written it and I know that this is a trail map with tools that work, but even myself, I need to go back to it and use it because when we forget to do that, we get stuck and we fall into a rut. But alongside the stories, yeah, there are very actionable steps. I don't think there is any challenge you could face even outside of your health that this book doesn't help you with. In fact, I was reflecting after writing the book on the chapter for chronic pain. If you look at the steps, 
there's like, I think there's seven specific steps in that chapter that you take. You could replace chronic pain with the word challenge. Pretty much any challenge you're facing, if you take those seven steps, you're going to find a solution to that challenge. I guarantee it. Like I would love for you to come to me and say, here's the challenge I have. And we walk through the seven steps and you can't get a better outcome because you will. So the book gives you very tangible, practical strategies, tools, and actions that you can take to live your best life. And that was incredibly intentional. And it is something that I need to continue to use to live by as well. Now, you had some pretty, pretty serious health challenges, you know, that you describe in the book. And I think one of the parts that I found, you know, the most interesting about those challenges was the way that other people reacted to your health challenges. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think that is something that a lot of people will like recognize when you say it and think that it's something that only happens to them kind of thing. Well, there's a lot of different angles in how people respond to our challenges. There's the way our doctors and the people we think are experts respond to our challenges, which can actually be detrimental to our journey. So, for example, I had situations working with doctors where they would say things and, you know, you believe them because they have the white coat. They have the expertise and they'll say things like, yeah, you're permanently disabled. You should apply for disability. And it's like, well okay, if I chose to go that route, that would be limiting myself. It'd probably be pretty depressing. It would probably limit a lot of opportunities. And then I'm labeling myself in a way that I don't want to put place that kind of limitation on myself. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't take advantage of, you know, disability things. If if you really have things that are setbacks for you, do that. But don't let the label or what the doctor tells you limit what you can do in this life because they don't know everything and they're so specialized in one area and they don't know you. There are so many things I've had doctors tell me and I have disproved them time and time again. I was told I could never skydive. I've been skydiving twice since I had my back surgery. I'm not paralyzed. I'm okay. I'm still living my life. Most recently, I had a doctor tell me, you're eventually going to need to have surgery on your hip. I'm like, okay, whatever. So there's multiple times where doctors will kind of get in your way, but there are also the people that you love around you that can get in the way or can help you. So I've had friends with dietary limitations where we ended up breaking up because they were just so frustrated with the fact that I couldn't eat certain things, which is not my fault, by the way. And they didn't care. They didn't have the compassion that I needed to help me. And ultimately, your friends, when you have limitations, they're going to be in your corner or they're not. And if they're not, they're not really your friends. They were friends for a season or a reason and it's time to move on. But then there's also the friends that need to give you the kick in the butt that you need. So one of the um, powerful stories in there is my best friend, Martina, after years of struggling with chronic pain from my back surgery, had the courage and the wisdom to tell me, I cannot be your friend anymore. I love you, but you have lost your identity to your pain. And I am here for you when you turn that around. But right now, I can't be in your life. And that was a wake-up call. And I am forever grateful to her for having that courage. And we are very close friends once again. But that's what I needed to hear to get over it and to figure out how to not let pain be the focal point of my life. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, you know, whether that's pain or that's, you know, some kind of circumstance in their life, a lot of people really do the um, play the cards they're dealt kind of thing, right? And uh, I don't know if any of you listening are poker players, but you play the player, not the hand. Remember that. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to get, get sidetracked on the poker thing. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, the strategies and stuff that you have because of, you know, the um, spinal problems you had and the back pain. And and now you aren't you like a yoga instructor also now? Yes. Right. Like no one says, oh, you know what? You're going to need back surgery and you probably need to be on disability is like looking down the road 10 years and saying, oh, she's probably going to end up being a yoga instructor. Right. <laughs> I mean, like it just doesn't happen. You know, a lot of times you just you kind of have to 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 push past whatever the hand you're given is. I have friends who, you know, still live in the little tiny coal man mining town in British Columbia where I grew up as a child. Right. And they, you know, still work in the coal mine. And, and I mean, that's fine if that's what they like. But that's not what I wanted to do with my life. Right. And. I went out and I did other things and, and I ended up moving to the United States for 20 years. And now I live in Eastern Canada in the Maritimes and it's been quite a journey. And having lived all the places I lived and traveled all the places I've traveled, I can't imagine still spending my whole life in, a, in, in the tiny mining town that I grew up in. I mean, it's beautiful and everything, but I don't know, like you just get that, you need to get out and and do some stuff right and uh, i think getting over you know your your issues with pain and and some of the stress and problems and and you talk about layoffs and and kind of the the cyclic the pattern you know the pattern of of I mean, you can probably describe it better so maybe i should just stop stumbling <laughs> around of what i'm trying to say and i'll just have you tell it yeah. So one of the things that I noticed, and I think I shared this pretty early into the book was, you know, I have these back to back layoffs and with each layoff is coupled a new health challenge or some kind of diagnosis. And they're pretty significant. One is, you know, the back surgery. Another is a concussion. So there, and oh, and like I had a sinus infection for a year that led to getting my tonsils removed. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? And so finally the third layoff, and health setback occurred. And I had the wisdom to step back and say, what is this about? Like, I used to believe that I was cursed and that something was just wrong with me or I did something terrible in a different life. But at that point, I had done enough work on my mindset that I'm like, what is going on here? So when I stepped back from that and I had the time to do it because of my layoff, I really that was that layoff in particular had my concussion and it was so significant that I was not able to work for six or seven months. Luckily my severance package allowed me to do that without too much financial stress. And that's actually when I got my yoga certification and it, it taught me a new way of life. But that was a wake up call because I realized I needed to get my stress and anxiety under control, or I would continue to repeat this pattern. I wouldn't know what I wanted. And in doing that program and then becoming certified as a yoga instructor in a form of yoga that didn't hurt my spine, I found some freedom and clarity that 
you know, working for these corporate companies while I was very good at what I did, I didn't like that I was giving them the power for my future. Like there was not really any loyalty to me. I was loyal to them, but it didn't go two ways. And that corporate environment just wasn't serving me anymore. So after that experience, I took one more job because I still needed to fund what I was building and I started my business. So I guess my point is you need to first become aware of what your pattern is or aware of the thing you're trying to change or aware of your thought process. And like, that's also the first step of dealing with your pain is awareness until you're aware and then accepting the situation And when I say accepting, like you're not denying reality, you're not accepting that you're stuck in that situation. It just means you're accepting present day where you are right now and willing to move forward. But I just want to encourage you to stop playing the victim card. Nobody is going to heal your life. Nobody's going to fix your financial stuff. Nobody's going to fix the mental chatter between your ears. Nobody can take responsibility for your life, your health, your perspective, and your mindset. Only you can. And so if you take one thing from this conversation, I would encourage you to feel really empowered because you can change things around right now. You can take one step towards what it is that you do want. And this book has those practical action steps every step of the way, no matter what you're facing. That's right. Nobody's coming to save you but yourself. Sad but true. It's very true. Yeah. The whole, you know, prince or knight in shining armor coming to save you, uh, it's just not going to happen. Mindset is everything. It is. There's so many mindset issues with trying to improve your life, whether that is, you know, in a corporate environment or a company environment or whether you own a business or manage a business. You know, there's limiting beliefs around do I deserve to make money and things like that? Or do I deserve prestige or power or am I capable? And there's also the the beliefs around your self-worth and uh, can I do this or not do this thing? And, you know, the problem where people always overestimate what they can do in the short term and underestimate what they can do in the long term. You know, so many mindset problems out there. If you were to say in my mind... If I had to pick who is the perfect person to read your book, how would you describe that person? I would say if you have lost hope, you're feeling stuck, you're troubled with challenges or pain, this book is for you. And if you're looking to up-level your life to that next level and affect even more people, then you definitely want to pick this book up. I was going to say, if somebody wants to get the book, where can they get it? You can get it on Amazon. It's available in Kindle format. So you can read that ebook format or paperback. Anybody who, especially during the pandemic, we're recording this during that right now. If you're feeling disconnected and lonely, I think this book is also very helpful. Because as Matt said, it's like we're sharing that. And it might give you ideas for reconnecting and sharing and even maybe sharing some inspiration with somebody else. Perfect. And Inspiration Contagion, it's on sale now. You can get it on Amazon or get it for your Kindle. And also, if you want more advice from Holly and myself, you can always watch us on the Business Builder Throwdown show on YouTube. Uh, Holly Jackson, thank you so much for coming out and being on the show today. 
Thank you. Yeah. And if anybody wants to get in touch with me, you can just find me on LinkedIn at Holly J. Jackson or my website, hollyjeanjackson.com. Thank you, Matt. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.